Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Hi, everybody. Not going to lie to you. Welcome to the most irrelevant Rico Bronia we've ever had. I feel like a lot of times when we talk about the Mets, it's a productive conversation. It's a conversation that's relevant. Today is all about fun and entertainment. Today, none of the ideas we present will ever possibly happen. I want everyone to accept that and understand that this is all just about laughs and having a good time. But we begin trade week on Rico Bronia. Obviously, the general manager meetings are taking place. You're going to hear a lot of rumors, a lot of fake trades. So we decided, oh, there's going to be fake trades. We're going to have fake trades on steroids. We've got two parts of trade week. This edition will focus on hypothetical trades that, again, will never, ever happen between the New York Mets and the New York Yankees. Later in the week, we'll have another trade week edition in which we talk about other trades the Mets may be involved in. That would be a little bit more realistic as we'll try to come up with trades that make sense for both sides. So the way today is going to work is I've worked my ass off for the last 48 hours. I haven't eaten. I haven't slept. I haven't communicated with my wife or kids. All I've done is put together fake, but I think fair trades between the New York Mets and the New York Yankees. We have a Met fan, Pete Hoffman, who's on Rico Bronia every time. And Big Mac, Chris McMonagle. You may hear him on Carton and Roberts, as well as a bridge show that I used to have five days a week until a coworker stole a few shows from him. <laughs> and obviously, the Friday night in a Saturday overnight. So, Big Mac, first of all, thank you for making your first ever appearance on Rico Bronia. Oh, and I'm honored it, for it to be the one that you deem meaningless. So, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, here's what's fun about this, though, in all seriousness. Mm-hmm. I have gotten, I'd say, hundreds of phone calls in my career at the fan with a, hey, this Met-Yankee trade works for both sides. And I'm sure you've gotten a lot of, hey, this Met-Yankee trade works for both sides. Right. And most of the time, you kind of respond with, okay, I'll entertain it, but you know this isn't going to happen. Uh, I think what I looked at today is that we could actually have fun with it. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, we know the Mets and Yankees aren't going to make a lot of trades. They'll make some, you know, on-the-surface deals like we've seen in the past, but the blockbuster deals are very rarely going to happen. So today is a day in which we can kind of let our hair down and have fun with trades that we've probably heard callers kind of throw at us, but we knew why waste our time on WFN with it when we can waste our time on a podcast with. Although the relationship of the two GMs, if it was ever going to happen, I suppose it would be now with Epler and Cashman and their relationship and how long he worked for the Yankees. So, I mean, you know. But you're probably right. They're never going to happen. Yeah, I think that, look, what we've seen in the past is that the Yankees and Mets will make trades that feature very little risk. So a year ago, the Mets trade Miguel Castro to the Yankees for Joely Rodriguez. And yeah, I guess it's always possible the middling reliever could put together a dominant season out of nowhere. But the odds are that's not going to happen. And that happened many years ago when the Mets and Yankees traded Lee Guterman for Tim Burke or Felix Heredia for... I can't remember who came back to the Mets in that. It was Heredia, I think, to the Yankees. Or vice. Honestly, I don't even remember. I think it was Heredia from the Yankees to the Mets, but I'm not positive. I think you're right. Was 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 Mike Stanton in that trade or something like that? I honestly don't even remember, but that's the kind of trades they had. I remember one time David Justice was traded to the Mets for Robin Ventura, which Mm -hmm. had a lot of name value, but both guys were at the end of their career. Justice never actually played for the Mets, was eventually flipped to the A's for Mark Guthrie. But yeah, for the most part, they don't make trades. I do agree 
that I think the relationship between Billy Epler and Brian Cashman changes things a little bit. And you know what else I think may change things? Steve Cohen instead of the Wilpons. Because mm-hmm. I think the Wilpons were always afraid of the Yankees. And sometimes being afraid of something means I don't even want to risk making a bad trade. I'm not necessarily sure Steve Cohen has that same fear. Yeah, I totally think that's fair. Why would he be afraid of anybody? That's I, a very I, arrogant comment you just I, made. I, I see what you did. You were a little douchey about that right there. I'm just saying. They have the best manager in baseball. I'm just, I, can't <laughs> go down that road. I can't go down that road tonight. It's too late. <laughs> All right. Now, I have put together, I would say, one, two, three, four, five, 12 trades. Okay? Okay. I'm going to present them with my reasons why they make sense. And then I will throw it to you, Big Mac, you, Pete Hoffman, to say, I accept that trade. Pete obviously represents the Mets. Big Mac mm-hmm. represents the Yankees. Uh, don't kill oh, the so Mets. I get to actually be Brian Cashman. After years and years of defending him, That's I actually right. get to be him. I actually like this. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. A lot of pressure, though, because if you say yeah. yes to some of these trades. Well, no matter what I do, they won't like it. That's for sure. That's right. <laughs> All right, so I separated it into a couple of parts. The first part is the James McCann problem, okay? Mm-hmm. Obviously, James McCann stinks. He's got two years remaining on his deal making $24 million. The reason I bring him up is because I can see a world in which the Yankees taking back James McCann is not the dumbest thing in the world. Jose Trevino had a tremendous year this year defensively. He also lost offensively a lot towards the end of the year. Kyle Higashioka is what he is. I don't think you're in love with Ben Rortvert, even though you got him in that infamous Josh Donaldson trade. So Mm. I want to kick things off with that. James McCann and his two years and $24 million remaining on his contract for Josh Donaldson, who has two years and about $29 million remaining on his deal, assuming you buy him out in 2024. So a few more dollars left in Josh Donaldson. McCann for Donaldson, Big Mac, do you make that trade? Uh, I certainly do. Thank you very much. I will take that trade. I think <laughs> you have to do it to move Donaldson right now. Honestly, I would take almost anything that was offered to me with Josh Donaldson going away from the New York Yankees, and you're not even asking me to eat any money in a position a position that the Yankees are. It's it's like you said, it's, it's him and Higashioka. I'm more than capable of having McCann be my backup to Trevino, and I get rid of the the Donaldson problem. Money opens up third base to another free agent or possibly one of the young kids. Uh, I don't love McCann, but that's a no no doubter for me. I absolutely would make that trade if I'm no honest. doubter. Pete yeah, Hoffman, do we do we have a trade, or are you rejecting that trade? Eh, eh, no chance. Okay, first of all, I want not Donaldson. He's just a cancer. I'm sorry. He is not that dude that I want on this team. We actually had good chemistry this year. We had a team that actually gelled. He just brings a ton of negativity that I want zero part of. Way too much money, and not for nothing. In the end, we're talking about Francisco Alvarez being uh, not the the replacement as catcher. We have Nito there, but just in case something happens where Nito gets hurt, we got McCann, who's a legitimate catcher who could actually play the position and not have to rely on Francisco Alvarez to 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 eat up all those innings behind the dish. So I would say no no chance at all. I agree with Pete. I would not make this trade if I'm the Mets, mainly because I have no use for Josh Donaldson. Yeah. There are other guys who have bad contracts who I could at least rationalize saying, hey, I can use this guy. Eduardo Escobar is going to play third base or Brett Beatty is going to play third base. Maybe Jeff McNeil or Luis Guillerme if the offseason goes a certain way. So I think part of the problem I have with Donaldson is I don't even like him as the right-handed platoon at DH um, because I just don't think he crushes left-handed pitching well enough. So I don't like James McCann. There are other deals I'm going to present to you involving James McCann, but I kind of agree with Pete. This is a no on our end, but I'm glad we were able to start things off with the Yankees saying yes to a trade. I feel like yes. I feel like we're in a good place. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. Honestly, the the reason mainly I take it is because I don't think they can unload Josh Donaldson at all. So if you're offering me a deal right now, I would take it. And I don't love the player, but like I said, I just think it's in, it's it eliminates a lot of the money, it eliminates the problem, it opens up the infield position. Uh, you put him at backup catcher; it's an expensive backup catcher or you know platoon catcher, no doubt. But I think yeah, if I can get rid of Josh Donaldson, I don't think they can. I think he's going to be the third baseman next year. So if you offer me a way out of that, I'll take it. All right. Here's a James McCann problem number two, all right? 
Another straight-up trade. You're getting James McCann, so you've already got that in your head, Big Mac. Except in return, I'm taking on the remaining really three years of Aaron Hicks's contract. And just so anyone forgot what that contract looks like, he's due to make $10.5 million this year. James McCann is due to make 12, so Aaron Hicks makes a million and a half less. Then in 2024, Aaron Hicks is due to make $9.5 million. Again, about $2.5 million less than McCann. But Aaron Hicks has another year left on his deal making nine and a half. Then there's a club option that they would obviously buy out at a million dollars. So if you combine it, it's about $29 million remaining on Hicks's deal over the course of three years as compared to the $24 million a year left on McCann's deal. So again, Mets are picking up a little bit extra money, but it's Aaron Hicks I'm getting back for James McCann. This time I'll start with Pete. Would you do that one? Aaron Hicks in return for McCann. I hate to say it, but yes, I would. And I, because I think we're losing Brandon Nimmo at this point in time, I think Brandon Nimmo is, is gone. And in a world where Stolly Marte is going to be your new center fielder, I don't think I want to trust that. I don't think I could trust that for 162 games. He's, be, he seemed to play a better corner outfield. He played, I, I loved him in, at the right field, to be honest with you. And to have a fourth outfielder, in Aaron Hicks, it's not a lot of money. I really, I still think it's 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 not that much money. I, I'm much rather have Hicks than McCann at that point in time. All right, before you say anything, Big Mac, I'm feeling mm-hmm. very good about myself. I feel like I'm. I feel like you're going to say yes. Now, no pressure on you, yeah. but you're getting McCann. You've already talked yourself into it, and yeah. all you're giving back at me is a guy that you can't stand anymore, Correct. Aaron Hicks. That's- yeah, I love the, the first two are just like get rid of all my problems. I love your you're unloading all my issues. You get rid of all the guys I think I have to get rid of, but I th- I don't know if I love taking back McCann just to get rid of Hicks. I, I don't know. I understand what you're saying with the money. As of right now, tell me what happens now. I know they're gonna probably get another left fielder. Right now, they don't have that outfield depth. With this team, they got Bader. They don't even have Judge. I mean, I don't, I don't have corner outfielders right now. So in the position the Yankees are at right now to bring in a catcher who I don't love, take on more money this year when I'm trying to sign Judge, I'm trying to bring on – now it's it's minimal, a couple million dollars in the difference. But I just feel like there would be a better way to unload Hicks. And right now I'd rather hang on to him than add a catcher. Talk to me halfway through the offseason when outfielders have been signed and the team has a different feel to it. Maybe I say yes to this deal. It's certainly not anything I would like, oh, you can't do that. But eh, I would say no right now, considering wow. the Yankee outfield depth and the idea of I'm 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 adding on money to bring in a backup catcher or a platoon catcher who I don't who I don't like. And at He's not an upgrade at the two guys I have already for me. So I don't I don't love that one. No. C-Mac, let me just take you back to Derek Jeter ceremony. Basically face in the left field yes. wall staring at like right. it's like the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. He, Do you he want him back in the outfield for you? No, but that's not the question. The question is, do I want to get rid of Hicks? The qu- that answer is yes. The question is, do I want to do it at the expense of bringing in McCann? And the answer to that is no. I have other ways to get rid of him, even if it's just cutting him or, or whatever. Like Josh Donaldson has such a big number this year. I can't envision getting rid of him. You're offering me a way to do that. I'll take it. Hicks, for $10 million, I'll figure something out. And and as of right now, he's my fourth outfielder that yeah, I, I need more than the backup catcher. Yeah, it's funny that that's your reasoning is why I would do it if I'm the Mets, because the way I look at it is I can live without James McCann easily. I really can. I think finding a third catcher, because my plan for the Mets, and I think it's obvious, is Tomas Nito is going to play a lot. Francisco Alvarez is going to play a lot. Like those two guys are basically going to share the job. And if you want to have a third catcher, I think you can go clearly cheaper than uh, you know, and I'm I'm totally forgetting the name. Who is the catcher that we had on the roster for a brief amount of time? Actually got a big hit. Left-handed catcher. Thank you very much. Michael Perez. Thank you, Pete. Slipped my mind. Like, Michael Perez is an easy third option. So, to me, I look at the roster construction and say, I don't need James McCann, but Aaron Hicks does have value. And, and I wouldn't look at him as a replacement for Brandon Nemo. I absolutely look at him as just a fourth yeah. option. Like, I can use him off the bench. If there's an injury to Starling Marte, it's Aaron Hicks as opposed to Tyler Naquin. You know, so mm-hmm. 
It's more, he's more useful to me than McCann. And from a money standpoint, it's weird. You are picking up more money in the short term if you're the Yankees. Um, but there's an extra year of Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks yeah. signed that long-term deal. So if you're the Mets, you're stuck with an extra year of Aaron Hicks. It's a fair deal, but I totally get your perspective. I just want to rip out the third James McCann trade I have because there's no way you're going to say yes. So wait a um, second. You came up with 12 trades. Yes. And a quarter <laughs> of them are trading McCann. Yes. He's just trying to get rid of McCann. That's all he's trying I to do. Because you know, that's... You know, it's for a football for a football term. That's a lot of asset allocation just to well, McCann. No, no, okay, here's my reasoning. By the way, for this, the mm-hmm. Mets don't have a lot of bad contracts as of right now. Obviously, that can look very different in a few years. We may view Lindor's contract as a bad contract. I'm not saying that. Right. I mean, kind of those short term deals. There really aren't bad deals. Like, I don't think Eduardo Escobar has a bad contract. I don't think Mark Canna has a bad contract. The Mets have one. It's James McCann. I think your team has a few, and yeah. that's not you know a knock not necessarily true. on the yeah, Yankees. Yeah. Aaron Hicks is a bad contract. Josh Donaldson's a bad contract. And I'll give you a third guy who's a bad contract. And I know you're going to say no to this, but I want to throw it out to you. Pete's okay. going to say yes. There's no bigger lock than Hoff saying, of oh. course, so and Big Mac saying, you know what it is? I think I know because I, I think Pete loves Stanton. It's not. No, no, no. It's, that's too extreme. It's not okay. Stan. We'll get we'll okay. get to Stan later in the podcast. I would say yes to that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. well, I no, think it would be McCann you. and somebody else. I didn't think it was just going to be McCann. But no, no, this one I don't think you view as a bad contract. But over mm-hmm. the last two years, it is a bad contract, and that's DJ Lemayhew. I mean, let's yeah. let's be 100%. honest. He's making fifteen million dollars a year for the next mm-hmm. four years. A yeah. four-year, sixty million dollar deal for a guy who yeah. two years in a row sucked whether it's injury or not he sucked so james mccann for dj lemayhew remember when we were all patting ourselves on the back for that 99 million (laughs) dollar contract we gave dj lemayhew and with the coup we thought that was oh my god uh are you asking me first yes i'm saying no to that okay i don't even really i mean he's still he's two years removed from a batting title and finishing third in the mvp he hasn't been healthy he was better this year but no uh that's a no-go for me. I'm not trading DJ LeMahieu. He's, he's got a broken yes toe. That, Pete. He, he's got a broken toe. If his foot's really effed up, so I think you might have to give yeah. us more. But yeah, yeah. I, I would take I would take DJ LeMahieu. Yes. All right. For the dogs. I'm gonna them. I'm gonna pivot now. Okay. Because yeah, I want I something think, better. I think DJ LeMahieu still works in a trade with the Mets, but I realize I have to up it a little bit. All right. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a guy who makes five and a half million dollars less than DJ LeMahieu. Okay. Had a better year last year than D- a better close than DJ LeMayhew, that's for sure, and solves your third base issue. DJ LeMayhew for Eduardo Escobar. Big Mac, do you make that trade? How much money is he making this year? 10? He makes about, yeah, about $10 million. He makes $9.5 million. Uh, played a, I'd say, an average third base last year. It was a weird yeah. year. Like you look at his final numbers, they're okay. But obviously, yeah. he was awful for the first three, four months of the season and then closed like a house on fire, which is the exact opposite of your boy DJ, who barely couldn't right. play at the end of the season. But his yeah. final numbers, 240, 20 home runs, 69 RBI, 726 OPS, played 136 games, 33 years old. What do you think? And how, that how many years on the contract? This is it. it this is it. There's an, there's so I'm getting a out from buyout. the DJ contract, yeah. There's a club option for 2024 at $9 million, which you may pick up. I mean, he's still Mm -hmm. a productive player. So technically it's a two-year deal, but you get out of the DJ contract for Eduardo Escobar. No, I still say no to that. Can't do it. Hmm. I can't give give up on DJ into this contract. Then you said it solves my third base problem. No, it doesn't. I have Donaldson at third base. That's still a problem. Uh, He's not going to play over Josh Donaldson. Why? he's, He's better. He won't. He won't. He's better. No, he was better this year. I don't know if he'll be better next year. He was he, better I, last year than Josh. He's been better the last, I'd say, three years than Josh Donaldson. Oh, I don't know about that. In what's what's three years? 20, 21, 22? Well, 20 is a tight. You know what? Right. I, so if, you, you, if, you count nine, if you count 19, Josh Donaldson had a big year with Atlanta. Eduardo Escobar, 35 home runs with an 831 OPS. It's pretty good, but I think Josh Donaldson had a 900 OPS. I can't remember oh. the home runs. 
I got to double check Donaldson's 2019. Maybe you're right then. I, it I doesn't matter Donaldson because very good we're not doing that trade. Not anyway. that it matters. I'm not trying to. No, I don't. I don't want I'm that. Not, trade. I don't. I don't want the trade either because you want to know why? Because the same thing is that you said. Escobar is not here for the long term. I don't know what DJ has left in the tank. I do love DJ a lot, but I don't know what he has left in the tank. Escobar, we have him for a short period of time. If he doesn't – listen, the, the last month of the season was amazing, but is it enough to want to keep him around for long term? Not really. I don't know if I – you know. So, right. so the fact that it's a shorter contract, I'm okay with that. And we do have the prospects potentially coming up. So we, I, I don't want to be locked into a, a LeMahieu. Yeah, so, LeMahieu so also right now, right now, LeMahieu is my starting first baseman as well. I mean, <laughs> that's like, a good point. He, you know, like right now, I don't know if I can get rid of him. When the teams are more complete, I'll have an idea. But like right now, I can't trade it. I need a first baseman. I am starting to get worried four trades in that I may not get one trade that both the Mets and the Yankees could agree on. Now, I'm working my way up. Obviously, these are. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say they're minor trades, but they're on the small end. And I'm going to stay on the small end before I get bigger. I want to stick with Eduardo Escobar. Um, I feel like this is going to go nowhere, but I'm going to try. Eduardo Escobar for Wandy Peralta. Any interest in that one, Big Mac? No. I can't. You know how I feel about Wandy Peralta. I can't get rid of Wandy Peralta right now. I don't know what kind of bullpen I have. I have no idea what Clay Holmes is going to be. Uh, I have no idea. They, you know, Chad Green's gone. Britton's gone. Chapman's gone. Uh, you're looking at him, Loisaga, and Holmes, and I'm not even sure what Holmes is right now. He was my most productive and uh, relied upon reliever the entire second half of the season for me. And then in the postseason, you saw what he became. So, no, right now, I don't know what the bullpen is. So, no, not making that trade. Love yeah. Wandy Peralta. And by the way, that's the same issue the Mets have where the bullpen arm deals are never going to work because the Met bullpen, luckily, they brought back Edwin Diaz. They don't have a lot yeah. of arms in their pen. Um, There is a guy, though, that I think makes sense for the Yankees. And I've got a ton of trades around this guy. Clearly, I have more than 11 trades. I think I have about 30 trades. Well, here's what the thing is. You have like 11 kind of trades and then branches off of every one guy. Yeah. So you got like the three three, uh, McCann trades. But you can spin that off into eighteen right. different directions. Yeah. Well, it's almost like I'm negotiating publicly. Right. 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 Like, oh, right, you exactly. have interest in him? I think yeah. I can make this one work. Do you have interest? Because you just made a comment, and this is why I want to jump to it. Where right. you said, "Hey, I need DJ LeMay. He's my first baseman right now." Mm-hmm. Well, there is a guy on the Mets who makes sense for the New York Yankees, and he has for the last two years, but it's never worked out. And that is Dominic Smith. Okay. Okay. So let's start kind of minor. All right. Let's start real small here. Dominic Smith for Estevan Florial. You barely give that kid a shot. Mm -hmm. Dom clearly doesn't have a role with the Mets. Hoff, I'll start with you. Dom could be non-tendered. Would you trade him for Estevan Florial? You're worried about losing Nimmo to begin with. At this point in time, yeah, give Smith away. He just never could do it here, so I, I'll take anything for the guy. Wow, okay. Would you make that big match? You have here, to here make you that go. trade. Here, here you go. You got your first where both sides are going to say yes. I agree <laughs> with you. I kind of like Floreal, but the Yankees don't. I don't know how many years he has to be in the organization, how many one-week tryouts he has to get. They don't care about him. You're right. Right now they don't have a first baseman. Uh, Dom Smith was, you know, brilliant in the short season. I know it's been a rough go for him the last two, but left-handed hitter, you know, he's got a good eye, gets on base, kind of hits home runs, short porch. Yeah, why not? I'd take that shot. I don't think Floreal has any value to me. So I, I, I think change of scenery maybe. So, yes, I would make that trade. I, I'm really – like I'd make that trade in a half a second. We clearly have a deal here because mm-hmm. for you, why not? For me, right. why not? Here, I'll give you my why not. I don't believe Estevan Florial's ever really gotten a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, he's played I think that's fair. V- very limited amount of times at the major league level. So the sample size there is, you know, so insanely small. I know this past year he played, he got what, 30 at bats. Like that's yeah. not a sample size. He had a really productive year at AAA, which was a big jump mm-hmm. for him because the prior year he wasn't very good at AAA. He's still only 25 years old. He's got speed. He could play the outfield. The Mets outfield moving forward has a lot of questions. You know, Brandon Nimmo is still a free agent. Starling Marte is only getting older. Mark Canna is more of a short-term guy. 
Does Jeff McNeil end up in the outfield? We'll see. Alex Ramirez, one of their prospects, is still a couple of years away. Ronnie Mauricio may end up in the outfield, but he's still a couple of years away. So I kind of like the idea of, you know what? Dom doesn't have a future with the Mets. That That is painfully obvious. He's not an mm-hmm. outfielder. Even as an outfielder, he's marginal at best. Um, I'd do it. I got no issue with that. So we have a trade, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. We did it. Congratulations, Evan. I hope it was worth all the time and effort. Yeah, that's it. Let's just wrap up the podcast. All the time and effort you could have been watching the Nets or something. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Let's make things real interesting now. I've thought about this one for a while. And I think if I presented this a year ago, the views from both of you would be completely different. I present it to you today. One of you will have a very negative reaction to it. And I think the other person would say, oh, I'll do it. I think there's been a complete flip-flop on the way we view this deal. And that is Glaber Torres for Jeff McNeil. Hoffman, your thoughts? No. Jeff McNeil yeah. is is a one of the best pure hitters in the game right now. He's a contact guy. Everybody, the, the Mets fan themselves, love this guy. Every ounce of him. I know we had a rough season a couple of seasons, uh, 2021, but he went back to his ways. He, and I talk about this. He could be our leadoff guy. He does everything. He could be an RBI guy. But in a big spot, I trust one person right now. It's Jeff McNeil. So no, I'm not. Th- I'm not making the trade. I don't want anything to do. I love. I like labor. I think that the Yankee fan crushes him for no reason. I think he's well, got a lot of potential. He's got. He's got a lot of reason. pop. In the- there's reasons, but there's a lot of pop in the bat. He's a, a decent second baseman. He is a lot of pop in the bat, and he'll get better. He's still what 25 years old, 26. I think there's more to go. But I, McNeil, I'm not getting rid of him. No, no chance. Big Mac has to say yes to this trade. He's embarrassing uh, himself as a Yankee fan if he says no. <laughs> Yes, I have to say yes to this trade. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I would do it. He fits left-handed contact hitter, puts the ball in play. Uh, you know, he's he's a perfect meld of exactly what they need to add to this lineup, change things up. And we've seen Glaber; he's had a run here. He's had plenty of time, whether it's at short or, or second. Uh, he hasn't come through in the big spot. He has times where man, does he go through slumps where he looks like he can't hit the ball? It's been too far, and it, like it's weird because if you told me, like if you asked me. One of these two players in two years is a superstar in this league. I would tell you there's a better chance that that's Glaber Torres than it is McNeil. But I think McNeil just fits this team better. I don't think that superstar is coming, unfortunately, but it could from Glaber Torres. But I've seen enough. We've seen enough of this run. And I've told you this before. I, want, I think Glaber needs to be off this team because we need to move away from aspects of the core of this team that have failed in the postseason. Like, I think he's the last bastion that represents this team now in this group that has been labeled as losers and unclutch for this team. And I think if you bring in a left-handed guy who puts the ball in play, doesn't strike out, and wins batting titles, I think it fits the Yankees much, much better than Gleyber Torres. Yeah, look, this is an absolute hell no from the Mets. The reason I brought it up is how kind of weird it is that how in one year yes our views could change so extreme like mm-hmm. if i brought this up before last year with jeff mcneil coming off a 250 679 ops season at 30 years old or 29 years old and even glaber not coming off of a good year obviously no, yeah. two mediocre years in a row but if i presented this trade look there would be some Mets fans that would say no don't get me wrong because of the loyalty the uh, we still believe in our guy but there would have been a lot more. Sure, why not? Five years younger, uh, as you said, better chance to be a star. Obviously, with the year McNeil is coming off of winning a batting title, getting back to the guy he was in 2020 and 2019, no Met fans making that trade, but it's it's funny how quickly our views can change. But mm-hmm. what's crazy about Glaber, and I, and I got another Glaber trade because that one obviously wasn't going anywhere. Right. Is that he's still so young. But Pete said it. He's and, 25. Yeah. He'll be 26 on opening day. But 26 years old is still young. I know he's been around for a while. So it it feels a little bit different. Almost tired of waiting. And I totally get you, Big Mac and Yankee fans saying, I, I'm tired of waiting. But I could easily sell myself on trying to trade for Glaber Torres. It sure. just ain't going to be at the cost of Jeff McNeil. So no. I do have somebody I can offer you. Okay. And this is really interesting. Because I think there are going to be some Mets fans who say, I don't know about this one. 
Reportedly, the Miami Marlins insisted on Pablo Lopez for Glaber mm. Torres. But what if I offered you a guy with an even bigger upside than Pablo Lopez? Would I offer you a guy who's even younger than Pablo Lopez? What if I offered you David Peterson? Hmm. <laughs> Big Mac. The the same young lefty David- under control. You want to get rid of Glaber? Your words, not mine. David Peterson for Glaber Torres. David Peterson, the pitcher for the Mets. Yeah, twenty-seven years old, made nineteen starts, sub four ERA. What freaking David Peterson? You think I'm talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. But I, I just, David I wasn't Peterson. Sure. Yeah, no, thank you. Really? Yeah, I don't like him. Yeah, you don't like him. I don't like him. Very well last year, filling in anytime the Mets had starting pitching injuries. Yeah, I mean, I I suppose uh, he's had an opportunity to really try and be given a uh, a rotation spot and hasn't really been able to grasp it. Uh, He's okay. He's a back end of the rotation guy. Um, It's not terrible. I I guess I'm in my head. I think Glaber might have more value than a Peterson, but maybe you're right. Uh, Maybe that's probably where is maybe a back end of the rotation guy. I just don't know if I see Peterson as that. Lefty Yankee Stadium. It's not crazy, but uh, I think I could do better than that for Glaber Torres. I would say no. Would you make that trade, Pete? I would, and I'll try to up. I don't know. If, can I add to any of this? I'll try to make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've no? I've done a lot of one for one trades, but obviously, yes, you can add to it. What if I tossed on Eduardo Escobar and you give back David Garcia? <laughs> yeah, David <laughs> really Garcia is Garcia. no longer. Yeah, David Garcia is no longer. I don't think it's in there. He's in their thoughts anymore. He had a horrible, horrible last couple of years uh, after the 2020 season where he was great for them, even made a playoff start. Um, I mean, S, you want to throw in Escobar to get Gleyber Torres? You get some of that. And then now? Yeah. He comes over and plays second. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I still don't love that. No. Do you want to first love David pick? Peterson? Pete, I love David Peterson. That's I don't love Peterson. No, I don't love Peterson. You know what? You know what's I, crazy? I don't think he's in the Yankees rotation. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I don't think he's in the right now. Before they even go out and add to it, I don't think he's in the Yankees rotation. Well, I think he, yeah. I mean that's it's fair depending on how they view Clark Schmidt, how they view Michael King. Do they view him as a starting pitcher? Do I doubt it. Uh, I, I think Herman's better. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think that's fair. Uh, I would probably, you know why I would hesitate to make that trade if I'm the Mets, as crazy as this sounds? You need starting pitching depth. You need it. You need a lot of arms. I, I said this last time on the Rico. I think you need about eight or nine arms. And you eliminate that when you trade David Peterson. I think he's really, really valuable. And I think the Mets infield, even though Glaber's got huge star potential, the Mets infield can be set. Like you can rationalize pretty easily how, well, the infield's kind of set. I got Jeff McNeil at second. I got Alonzo at first. I got uh, Lindo at shortstop. I got Escobar Beatty at third base, Luis Guillerme. Like they have enough infielders, especially on the horizon, that from a team needs standpoint, even though clearly Glaber's got that star potential, I almost need David Peterson a little bit more. All right, one more minor trade before it gets a little bit bigger, even though Glaber for McNeil's pretty big. Frankie yeah. Montas stunk. You're done with him. Right. That needs Frankie Montas. Yeah, that's part of the, he's in the rotation. Well, he doesn't have to be because you've traded him to the <laughs> Mets for the okay. perfect bat for Yankee stadium. Daniel Vogelback. Montas for Vogelback. Stop Go ahead, it. Big Mac. No. Ringo. You dope. No. Well, what do I'm you mean? Dope. What do you mean? Yes, I hate to tell you that, but this trade's dopey. <laughs> Why would they do that? They just traded away assets to get this guy for the year and a half, and that, that's like part of the reason they wanted to go get him. He's going to be in the rotation. He's been a solid pitcher's entire career. He had a terrible half of, of a season, no doubt about it. They're going to plug him in as the number three starter in this line, and you want to trade him from Vogelbach, who you, who you guys didn't even want to be your left-handed DH at the end of the year? Stop it now. Come on. Guy's a right-handed masher. Guy had like an 830 OPS against right-handed pitching. You put that belly and that bat at Yankee Stadium, no. guy's a freaking cold hero. Okay. No, thank you. I won't no? do it. No, all right. No. Would you have made that trade, Pete? Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. Like I said, I, 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 I love Montas Come on. Come on. 
And you know what? He sucks in Yankee Stadium. You don't want oh, okay. that. Who was who was the Velasquez that came from Montreal? Was it um, Javi Vasquez? Javi Vasquez. He yeah. excellent pitcher everywhere, but Yankee Stadium. Well, but two times in a row. It's, two times, it's two that heartbeat you just talking about that you can't. That's measure. fine. He can't do it. Well, so Montez can't either. But Vogelbach can smash anywhere. I love how we're selling you on this trade yeah, okay. so hard. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Would you not have interested in Vogelbach in any way? I mean, he's a left-handed back, a play first base. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I not think for the guy right now that's not, I mean, no, not for okay. Montas. No, All not right. for Montas. Well, no. since you have so much depth in starting pitching, since you have so many mm-hmm. guys, I'll get you Jeff McNeil, but it costs you Luis Severino. Would you make that trade? Ooh. Ooh. That's how much I like McNeil. Um, Severino's just got picked up $15 million, one year left. Yeah, he's got one year left, just so we could clarify yeah. here. So Luis Severino right. has one year left on his deal. McNeil, if I'm not mistaken, and I'll confirm this, has two years left of arbitration. So okay. obviously you'll have him in 23. You'll have him in 24. Then he hits free agency. Older age, because McNeil's 30. We shouldn't forget that. Yeah. Uh, and Severino's got one year left. I think that one's really interesting. Would you do that one? That is a that's a really good one. Oh. He's been you can't count. I mean, even this year he missed two months. Like he's just he he never finishes a season. Uh, see, it's tough because they have to have corresponding moves. Because now I have McNeil and I have to get rid of Gleyber Torres somehow. Like I, I'll figure that out, I suppose. Um, Pablo Lopez. That deal was out there last year. Gleyber Torres for Pablo Lopez. There you go. You just filled out the rotation because it's funny. As I'm proposing this, I'm thinking about, well, oh boy, adding Severino to this rotation is great. I yeah. can sign him at the end of the year. Fantastic. Another year removed from Tommy John. But I've got to figure out a corresponding move. Now, my corresponding yeah. move is very easy. It's Trey Turner. That's my corresponding move. And then he, he goes and plays second base, and we call it a day, and right. we move on. But yeah. your corresponding move is probably that, Glaber for a middle-of-the-rotation guy. Right, right. Um you're going to say yes, aren't you? Just say yes. Just do it. Just pull it off. No, I still think there's ways to keep him and get an upgrade at, at, in that position, like sign a Trey Turner or do different things. Uh, he's so good when he's good. I, I can't say yes. No, but it's tough. Wow. It's really tough. Would, would you do that, Pete? No, and I'll tell you why. No. Because though the one year of Severino is nice, and if he could be what he was in the last, like the, the few games he played in 2022, yeah, that's great. But I think McNeil is a tone setter in that lineup. He's again, I I think he's again, he just won a batting title. Why do I want to give that up? And I think this is the constant with him. The the 2021 where he was batting 250. That's a random year for him. What the, what the, his hitting coach, the the approach was all off. That's not that's not Jeff McNeil. Yeah. And but, and and I'll tell you this much: the Mets need to add to their offense. They don't need to get rid of and subtract. And and that's and that's something too for the Yankees that kind of crossed my mind for McNeil last year. It was kind of famous uh, paralysis by analysis for McNeil. Uh, just too many coaches in his head, too many different hitting philosophies. Not enough. Just going out hitting the ball, see the ball. And, you know, maybe he's learned from that and would, you know, tell the Yankees he's better that way and they'd back off. But who does more analysis than the Yankees? I mean, they, they do a lot of that kind of stuff. I'm not saying they would ruin him necessarily, but I have to admit, Evan, you ask me tomorrow, I might give you a different answer. That's a good one. That's a really it, tough one. I like it, McNeil a lot. Yeah, it's – That's I a tough one. Do, I wouldn't do it, but it's a tough one for me too because I'm projecting three years from now. Yeah. And I'm saying, okay, three years from now, who are the better pitchers in baseball? And I yeah. think there's a really good chance Luis Severino's in that conversation because, yeah. A, you walk away from Tommy John surgery two, three years later. Look at Zach Wheeler. I mean, you see mm-hmm. now Justin Verlander's an anomaly. It's been such a quick turnaround. But a lot of guys, when you get a little bit more removed from Tommy John, you get better and better. We can't forget what Severino was in 2017 and when it was in 2018 as a 23 yeah. and a 24 year old he was a legitimate ace he was a legitimate i'm gonna make 30 starts he got better as games went on like he was one of those rare guys who third time around the order he mowed guys down and he's yeah. still only 29 years old 28 years old and so 
I look at a guy like that and say, wow, because the Met rotation is old. Now I want to bring Jacob DeGrom back. I scream that from the from the top, the, the, the toppest hill, now the tallest hill, the largest mountain, whatever it's called. But I think it's the tallest old. mountain. Yeah. Tallest mountain. Max Scherzer is old. Carlos Carrasco, if he's back, is old. Like the and the Mets don't have high-end pitching prospects for their rotation that's going to make an impact in the next year or two. They don't. Now you got David Peterson, you got Tyler McGill. So I would hate to trade Jeff McDaniel. He is Hoff, you're right. In a lot of ways, he's the heartbeat of that lineup. So again, I'm not saying yes. I'm saying it would be so difficult because I think Luis Severino would be to get your hands on an arm like that. Well, he's a free agent at the end of the year. So sure, you could just wait it out and bid a ton of money on him. But I think there's a really good chance that three years from now, when I asked the question I asked the other day on Carton and Roberts, okay, who's the best pitcher in baseball? I think there's a chance he's that answer. So that's why I pause and I think. But so far, that's clearly the winner in terms of the best, most intriguing trade because I got Big Mac smoke yeah. coming out of his head. Pete seems less yeah. into it. I don't think you like Luis Severino or something. No, I do like Luis Severino. But here's the thing. It's like you said, he's got this. This is it. Uh, McNeil's got two years of arbitration, so we have him a little bit longer. Right. And again, free agency. I, I think of the big picture. You keep McNeil, have him for another year of a run, and you could still bring in a big – you could still – listen, you could potentially have him bolt in 2024. That is true. That is true. All right, let's check Twitter. We had a few uh, Mets-Yankee trade ideas on Twitter. I do apologize because the way I asked it on Twitter made people think clearly based on their responses, just give me any kind of Mets and Yankees trades, not necessarily trades with each other. So I had to go through hundreds of <laughs> tweets in which it was just the Yankees trading for Shohei Otani and the oh, Mets sure. trading for Brian Reynolds. Now, like I mentioned, we'll have an episode on Rico Bronio where we go through trades like that. But my wording of my tweet, I guess, was confusing. But I do have a few. We'll start with Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown says the New York Yankees acquire Max Scherzer for the first 82 games. And the Mets get Isaiah Connor Falefa and Max Scherzer for the last 82 games. I didn't understand what that meant. So can you guys so help bought... me? What does that mean? So for we get Max for half the season. Right. And then you First get half. Connor Falefa for half the season. Yeah. And you get Max back and you get Connor Falefa for that. I think it's a Yankee fan. I think it's a Yankee fan saying Max is going to help us for the first half of the year. And then we yeah. send them back to you and he sucks. And oh, by the way, take right. Isaiah Connor Falefa. Yes. But is he, the, is he the injured Max for the first half of the season? Because if that's the case, then I'll definitely do it too. Because we at least we get him for the second half. Yeah, I don't know. No, but he's been, he's been, right. He, he hasn't, the last two years, he hasn't been able to make it through the year. <laughs> that's true. The first uh, Mongo, great. Mongo Nation suggests Mark oh, Vientos from Michael. He suggests Mark Vientos from Michael King. I'd say yes to that trade. Would you make that trade? Me, yes, I definitely would. A hundred percent. My, I like Michael King. I know even with Tommy John surgery right now, Michael yeah. King was. No, he's not. He's not going to. He's he's going to avoid Tommy John. Yeah, he's going to he avoid. A, he had a back. broken. He had a broken elbow. He'll be back. No, he he could very well be my closer next year. So no, I wouldn't make that trade. All right, I got two more for you. Um, th- this one, I think, is is fascinating on a lot of levels. All right? Francisco Alvarez. Calm down, Pete. We're getting something good back. Mm-hmm. Francisco Alvarez for Anthony Volpe. Would you make that trade, Hoff? Oh, where are we playing Volpe? Where, where is he playing? I don't know. Second base. Third base. I don't know. I, we have a need a catcher. I don't need Volpe in the infield. Well, we hold have on a need a catcher. In fairness, need a catcher. They also just drafted a stud catching prospect who's being compared to Gary Carter. So they have another super prospect in their system that happens to be a catcher in Kevin Parada. So we'll trade him for Volpe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not trading Alvarez. Ma- I'm sorry. Right. I've waited you- too long for this guy. He played six games for the Mets. Not trading. Again, no. Big yeah, Max is clearly tough. making that trade, right? No, you know, I don't know. It's like um 
It's like that famous, it's the poor man's version of that famous night where the Yankees and Red Sox got together and wrote on a napkin and trade DiMaggio for Ted Williams. It's it's like these two prospects, we've heard about Volpe for forever if you're a Yankee fan. Uh, you know, he's he's been great. He's done really well everywhere he's gone. He steals bases. He's athletic. They've had a, a hole at shortstop since Didi Gregorius, really. Um, it's tough. It's tough. I probably wouldn't. Catchers break down. Catchers need to change position. So do shortstops, I suppose. But uh, he's our guy, and I don't see any reason why to trade him for your guy. That's, you know, we talk about how the Yankees and Mets won't make any of these trades. Right. But I honestly think that trade is the least likeliest that the Mets yeah. and Yankees would ever make. Because yeah. when you're talking about veteran players, when you're talking about established players, you have an idea of what they are. You have an idea of what you're giving up and what you're getting. When you're talking about two super prospects, that's a trade that could very well be, and, and I know these guys are on the same team, but bear with me here, Kelnick for Julio Rodriguez, where right. one guy sucks and just can't put it together, and the other guy looks like the best young player in baseball. Because yeah, you can't do that. You can't do it. Like The risk is so freaking high, because that's right. what happens. Like There are some top five prospects who turn out to be average to nothing major leaguers. And then there are some top five prospects who become Mike Trout or, or become Julio Rodriguez. And that right. would be a trade that, whether you're the Mets or the Yankees, you could never yeah. live with a trade like Can't it. be on you the just, wrong side of that trade. No. you can't. killer. Yeah. Now, I'll end it with the biggest trade we could come up with. I tried to come up with a Garrett Cole trade. There, there really isn't one. Like, I could waste your time mm-hmm. with Max Scherzer for Garrett yeah. Cole. But it's just... Don't waste our time. I'm not wasting That's my time. my guy right there. I'm not trading him. You wouldn't trade it for Max Scherzer, so you're saying no to that? Yeah, I'd say no to that. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, by the way, I would say yes, just for the record. Oh, like good. I'm glad you offered me Garrett Cole for Max Scherzer. But I thought Scherzer, he's I'd not an ace, and Craig was proven to be correct on that. <laughs> That's what I thought the case. I thought that was the scenario. During the regular season, Garrett Cole was not as good as Max Scherzer when no, Max of pitched. Not. But the greatest attribute of Garrett Cole is that he pitches every five days. That's his greatest attribute. He does no doubt. that. And there's a lot of starting pitchers that aren't able to. Yeah. But here's the and here's he my give big up one. Five home runs and seven runs in the wild card game either. But yeah. Well, that's true. Thank you for that. My biggest and sexiest and intriguing trade. Francisco Lindor to the New York Yankees for Giancarlo Stanton. Big Mac. Yes. He said yes. I think you have to do it. And now you put him at shortstop, which I know the Yankees don't want to do because uh, you got Volpe coming up. You got Peraza. I think you can move them around the infield or you can move – you know, in two years, you put Lindor at third base. You know, you do what you got to do. Um, he fits the team better. Uh, Stanton, I, I love Stanton, and I defend him constantly. And he's been their best postseason player bar none. But he, it's tough for him to make it through a season. Him being the DH hampers everything they, you know, anything they try and do lineup-wise. It's just, it it bogs them down into this, because he, he can't play the outfield, or at least they won't let him play the outfield. It's become too much of a hindrance in being a young, fluid, athletic team, able to use that DH the way you'd like to and move it around. Uh, I know you're taking out a ton of money from Lindor. I mean, just a ton of money. Uh, but you're giving away some in the early years with Stanton. Right. I, I mean, it's offsetting for you, the next five or six years. So I'm glad you brought that up. But, Pete, before you answer, just so we have context on the contracts, because it's not – player for player as simple as that you got to keep this in mind right for the next three years they make the same amount of money okay Mm -hmm. 32 million 32 million 32 million in 2026 stanton goes down to 29 million and lindor and actually i misspoke i apologize um no no i was right i'm sorry i got confused they make 32 32 32 in year four which is 2026 stanton goes down to 29 million then Stanton in 2027 goes down to 25 million. Then there's a club option. So you yeah. can be done with Giancarlo Stanton after 2027. Lindor makes $32 million a year in 28. Stanton's already gone. 29, 30, and 31. 
So yeah. you're taking on four more years of Francisco Lindor making $32 million a year. Mm-hmm. What is Francisco Lindor five years from now? I have no idea, but it's yeah. one of those things because I can tell by your face, Pete, the initial reaction is that's ridiculous. Okay. Based on who these guys are right now coming off of this season. But what you have to keep in mind is that, and I don't know if the Mets will ever admit this, his contract looks crazy right now. And I think we kind of maybe knew it at the time, but Lindor is signed until 2031 and he's making $32 million a year. So you do factor in that while it's the same money for three years, a little bit less in year four and five, and then you're done with it. Now, with that context out there, do you make that trade, Pete? Um, all right. So Giancarlo Stanton's my guy. I love that dude. I got a man crush on him. I would move a lot of mountains to bring him in. I want to say yes. I want to say yes, but there's a caveat that has to come with it. Because I'm someone who's never on the need for Francisco Lindor to come in to the Mets anyway. I didn't care for the trade, not because of who he was, but because the need wasn't prominent at the time. If you told me that trading away Lindor would open a door to Trey Turner coming in, I would do that trade right now, a thousand percent. But I don't think that's the case, so I can't say yes to it. But otherwise, I'd be I'd be locked in. I, I think it's a good deal. I think that the guy is, has clutch genes in him when it comes down to playoffs. Uh, the guy smashes, which is what the Mets need. The Mets are in dire need of a power hitter. And they just don't, besides Alonzo, it can't just be about Alonzo. You need somebody else. And Stanton will bring that. I don't care if he's playing DH, right field, or the bench. He just brings that threat. You can replace Lindor. You can't replace that type of power in Stanton. Yeah, that, that's why I hate to admit it. I think I'd make the trade because Lindor right now, if we're looking at the context of this very moment, Lindor is clearly the better all-around player, and you can Mm -hmm. rely on him more to play 140, 150 games. But I look around baseball, and all I see is premier-level shortstops becoming free agents. That's, That's all we've seen last year, and we're seeing it again this year. Even a guy like Dansby Swanson, who's not on the same level as Trey Turner, not on the same level as Carlos Correa. He's available. And it seems like the Braves aren't even going to bid that high on him. So I think what's given me the buyer's remorse is, A, I get out of the last five years of his deal. Like instantly, I make this trade. I bring in a right-handed slugger who's clearly less reliable than Lindor, no doubt about it. But I've already just cleared myself of a contract that I've realized probably a few more years than I should have. He's got nine years left on his deal. And then I can look in free agency and see easy ways to replace him on contracts that are not going to be as prohibitive as what Lindor just got. So, and that's why I'm, I'm sort of surprised in a way, Big Mac, that you say yes, because you can easily, now this just shows you you're concerned about how and his spending. You could just easily sign a shortstop today and keep staying. I could, I could. But you're worried they, about. I'm hoping they do do that, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they would do that. I don't know if they would do that. Do, and do if you, you get rid of Stan's look- money, you could still you could sign other pieces. Like you could just, I, I, you could still bring in someone like that to play third base. Like I don't know do how you know they love Peraza, they love Volpe, but if if I'm willing to spend money with Stanton, why wouldn't I be willing to spend money with Lindor? Well, here's the question I have about Stanton, because it's weird with him. 2019, he barely plays. Misses essentially the entire season. 2020, Mm -hmm. misses half the season. I know it was a shortened season, so we're trying to be fair about it, but missed a lot of time. Plays a full year essentially in 2021 and is tremendous. 35 home runs, 97 RBIs, 870 OPS, and he plays. This season, weird year. Guy at 211. But he was an all-star in the first half of the year. Yeah. Then he can't stay healthy, but ends up hitting up 31 home runs. If you look at the last four seasons, he's really only been healthy in one of them. Yeah. So do you look at Stanton's contract as this hindrance that I would just try to move it and get get off of it? 
Yeah, I wouldn't do it for anything, but I'm bringing in a an excellent player in Lindor. Uh, but yeah, I think it's hard not to. Like I said, I love the guy. He's been great as to Pete's point. He hits home runs. He's been clutch. But I can't rely on him. It's just getting to the point where I can't rely on him. And he he, he doesn't play a lot. And yeah, to, to move on from that contract and and for the next three or four years, which is all I care about, we could figure something out after that. Like I I can't think that far and really try and plot how my team's going to go. Yeah, I'll have Judge down the line, and so Lindor's contracts another four years. We're not talking about next year and then another four years. We're talking about four years and then another four years. So over right. the next four years, the money's the same. I got a player who plays every single day, premier defense, switch hitter uh, that I feel you know much more confident in, makes my team younger, athletic. I can do things with the DH, uh, and I can still go sign another contract because the money – if I could do it with Stanton, I could do it with Lindor. So it's not like the money doesn't uh, affect it necessarily for me. I'm just trading – Players and yeah, the position is different because that's where you could really spend the most money. The outfield, it's Nimmo and 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 Judge, as opposed to you saying you know Turner and uh, Dansby Swanson and some different guys where there's more options to sign and spend money at that position. But I mean, I could put someone at third base. So to me, the money is comparable right now, and I'm getting the younger, more reliable player. And you know, it's at the point now with the Yankees where you're just looking to tweak stuff. You know, maybe. You know, Lindor comes in and sets the the room different, has a different type of season, changes the lineup just a little bit. Like those are the kind of tweaks you're looking for. And yes, this is a major trade, but I'm getting younger. I'm getting better. I do have one last trade for you. I'm going to put Big Mac in an awful spot. Okay. One for one. I trade you Buck Buck Walter for Aaron Boone. (laughs) (laughs) Do you make that trade? Ah. Do I trade Buck Showalter for Aaron Boone? Yeah, you get Buck, I, would, I get Boone. I say no, by the way. What do you say? Yeah, I'm sure you do. I wouldn't be a man unless I said no. I have to stick to my guns. <laughs> I have to stick to my guns. Listen, I listen, in all seriousness, I I, I play with you about uh, about Buck because I thought it was over the top the reaction to him and some and I have to admit some of the nonsense like you know he's 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 teaching the umpires the game and like it's just it's so over the top. And over dramatic, and the guy hasn't won anything. Not that he's a bad manager; he's a great manager, but he hasn't won anything. And so I have a little fun with it. But we all know he's the better day-to-day manager than you know. He's in a in a tough spot, or you know, in a tight game, you would feel more confident in the experience of Buck Showalter. But the way the Yankees do their business, anyway, I'm not so sure how different it would be. So give me the guy I like. Give me the guy I defended. I want to keep on fighting that good fight. I would not so- make that trade. You so we bastard. we got everybody to agree on one trade, right? We must have talked about, I don't know, 15, 20 trades, all sorts of players all over the roster. Mm-hmm. And the it was the one first one, trade, I think. What was that? I think it was the first one. No, no, though. That wasn't that the McCann? No, no. James McCann for Josh Donaldson, we said no to. James oh. McCann for Aaron Hicks, we said yes to. You said oh, right, no right. to. Right, so right, the right. one trade that actually clicked oh, right. was Dominic Smith for mm-hmm. Estefan Florial. <laughs> and that's a plausible trade. Like you, you mentioned how none <laughs> yes. of these would happen. I could see the Mets and Yankees making that trade 100%. Even yeah, though I it. said earlier that they'd both be deathly afraid of like big prospects being traded for each other, I think both guys have graduated from being prospects. Like I don't think yeah. the Yankees view Florial anymore as one. I don't think no. the Mets view Dom Smith as one. Uh, Dom Smith's a non-tendered candidate. Like he could very yeah. well easily be a free agent for all. So I do agree, you know, along the lines of the Met Yankee trades that have been made, uh, Dom Smith for Estevan Florial, if it does happen, we'll obviously credit Rico Bronia for having it first. But I agree. I think that one is actually a very plausible trade. Yeah. So let Cashman and Epler know that we approve. Were the, were, the were the GM meetings always like the day after the, the World Series like this? Like, I, well, I feel Big like Mac- this is really early. Big Mac, you may have uh, forgot there was a lockout this season, and the season ended in like November. So oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There isn't <laughs> exactly a, a lot of time to yeah. just hang out and have a good time. They got to go right to the GM meetings. But I that's do appreciate you coming on and being a oh, good thank sport. You. Of course, saying yes and saying no to a lot of these deals. We will have sure. another trade week edition of Rico Bronia where we will, you know, further look around baseball. 
I've looked at every team. I've looked at a lot of bad contracts. My God, there are so many bad contracts in Major League Baseball. And we'll talk about how those guys could potentially fit for the Mets. So another addition, but we widen the net a little bit. And well, see who, who you bringing in as your baseball expert. If I'm the great question. expert, and now you're doing all around baseball. Who's your baseball guy? It's a surprise person. Okay, I can't oh. tell anybody who it is because I need that person to officially approve that they're willing to come on. Oh, but I okay. do have an independent baseball mind in mind. I've got two guys in mind. I okay. have someone and then a backup plan in case the first guy yeah. says no. Uh, Does so the backup in- plan know he's the backup plan or never? No. Never. <laughs> no, you always keep that a secret. Right. It's always a we all know secret. I was we all know we all know I'm sitting here because Ernie couldn't make it. So <laughs> John Jastrzemski was busy. I apologize. <laughs> <John> Just- <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, uh, thank you, Big Mac. Thank right. you, Pete Hoffman. Pete will be producing Tiki and Tierney, 10 a.m. on the fan, Big Macs with Craig and I, and then obviously some bridge shows and Friday and a Saturday. If you have trade ideas. Send it on over at Evan Roberts WFN at the Hoff WFN. Is that your Twitter account? The Hoff WFN. Yeah, nailed it. I got it right. And we'll go through it uh, in a couple of days on the next edition of Rico. And obviously any breaking news will give you instant reactions. Thank you for listening to the biggest waste of time in podcast history. This latest edition of Rico Brody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. 